Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 42 of Jake's World, presented by the Nuance Magazine. I'm your host, Jake Sawinski, and today is Thursday, October 29th. A lot, a lot, a lot of sports to talk about today. Um, sports themes. But um, <laughs> before I get into today's uh, very heavy sports show, I do want to talk about something that got me a little bit triggered today. Um, I did see a tweet this afternoon on my lunch break about um, some account tweeted some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a testimonial maybe about... Um, some woman complaining about how her tax returns were lower than last year. And um, the the account, like, made this an anti-Donald Trump ad, right? Now, you can feel however you want when it comes to that. I'm not telling you how you should and shouldn't feel. But I will say that Donald Trump, Donald Trump has nothing to do with your tax returns. <laughs> okay. Here. Here's some personal finance 101. Your tax returns. Essentially. Are a refund. Of taxes that you overpaid. During the fiscal year. Right. You work from. January 1st to December 31st of 2020. You have this thing called a W-4 in Wisconsin that you fill out before um, you start a new job, right? And you're allowed to update that whenever you want to change your um, the number that you claim for withholding, right? If you have a family, you know, you have two kids, right? And you might need to not pay as much, or you might not want to pay as much into taxes, and then maybe you owe at the end of the year just because, hey, I need that money now because I got to buy groceries and do things with the kids, whatever, whatever. You claim a number of dependents on your W-4. W-4, I think, is, at least that's what you do in Wisconsin. I cannot speak to other states because I've never worked in another state, but I'm pretty sure... W-4 just involves your federal income tax, right? I typically claim a 1 because you, I don't have any dependents. I can pay taxes in during the year, and then I won't you know, feel that pinch too much, right? In February, when I file, I get a pretty large tax return. That means you want to raise that number. You don't need to pay as much in your taxes that year at this time. Essentially, what you're doing is you're giving the government a free loan on your money. They're taking your tax rev- They're taking your paycheck in taxes for revenue, and then they're giving back what you owe at the end of the year. If you were to do that, if you were to take a loan out from a bank, you pay money. Money costs money, 
right? That's just how it works. That's what a loan is. Someone who's giving you money, a creditor, is charging you a fee because they could use that money and put it in an investment and grow it over the time that you need for that loan. You're going to pay for that. That's how that works. So the sitting president, no matter who it is, only it doesn't really affect that at all. Congress affects tax rates in the budget. So that's really dumb. Don't buy into that. That's stupid. If your tax returns are going down, it's probably a good thing. Like I got a buddy whose dad's a tax accountant. He had an $8.67 tax return. <laughs> that's pretty fucking efficient. You don't want a tax return because you're able to use your money throughout the entire year. So I know we live in weird times, but don't point the finger, especially when it doesn't make sense to point the finger. So it is what it is. Just needed to get that little rant off my chest. But uh, before we get into the full-blown sports, I do want to mention um, we'll transition away from like the political. Actually, no, no, no. We'll do that at the end. Okay. We'll just go down the list. Game six of the World Series on Tuesday night. Real shame. I should have waited another day to do the podcast because I could have talked about it all before today and kept today's show a little briefer, a little more brief, because I think this one's going to run a little long. Just the heads up there. But game six was probably the most bizarre game of baseball I've watched in a long time. Just during the game, after the game, everything in between, right? So, Kevin Cash is the manager for the Tampa Bay Rays. Blake Snell started game six, and he was cruising, cruising through the game. And um, lineup turns over. He gives up his second hit of the game. I'm not, I don't quite remember who got the second hit, but Mookie Betts was up. He was 0 for 2. Two strikeouts. I believe Turner was up. 0 for 2, two strikeouts. And Corey Seager, 0 for 2, two strikeouts. The next guys due up were 0 for 6 with 6Ks. I think those are the three correct guys. So, yeah, it'd be Betts, Turner, and either Seager or Will Smith, one of the two. All 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. He gets pulled. Manager comes out, and Snell is pissed, right? It's the second hit he's allowed. He's struck out nine guys, half the batters he faced to up to that point. Over the half. I mean, he's fa- No, half, because I think he, he might have walked a guy, and then he gave up two hits, five innings pitched. Yeah, it's 18 batters faced. He struck out nine, something like that crazy start, right? They're up 1-0. Cash walks out of the dugout, takes the ball from him. He's livid, right? You can see him swearing, but he, he walks back to the dugout, whatever. The guy he brings in, I think it was Anderson, not sure if it's Brett Anderson or Kevin, whatever his name is. He's given up runs in six consecutive postseason appearances. I think that was tied for a record. Mookie hits a double down the left field line. Runner second, third. They give up the lead. It's three to one or two to one, three to one. The net innings over. He now set a record for most consecutive postseason appearances with allowing a run. Now, sports world kind of erupted because it's like, Cash, what are you doing? 
Like, you pull your ace, he's a former Cy Young winger, winner, and you take the ball away from him after he's shoving it down their throats. Now, I can speak to this from personal experience. No, I've never pitched in a World Series outing, but I've pitched at a high level, or higher level. That feeling fucking sucks when you are really pitching a good game and then the coach decides to go a different direction and then you watch it all crumble before your eyes the next inning. You remember those things as a pitcher, right? Now, you got to understand where he's coming from, first of all, and then I'm going to tell you why he's really dumb for doing so. You facing a lineup... The third time over is typically when hitters start to figure you out. Especially the more competitive level of ball you play, the better hitters are at adjusting during the course of the game. Now, like that's one adage you hear often in sports, right? Making adjustments on the fly. Some games you can't do that. Like golf, if you try to make an adjustment, unless you're a pro, of course, or even a good amateur player, you can make subtle adjustments, but you can't do overhauls over the course of a game or a, a round, right? That's something you got to do on the range. It's the same thing with other sports, too. It's like you adjust your schemes, things like that. There's... Baseball is so different because you have to adjust approaches every time because the pitcher is going to attack you a different way every time you go up to the plate. Manager knows that, but the pitcher knows that too. He's going to attack that guy differently, and the hitter is going to, going to make adjustments based on what he has seen, and then it's kind of a mind game there. It's like, okay, is he going to make an adjustment now? Am I going to sit this pitch, react this pitch? look for something outer half go the other way with it or am I going to jump on a ball I can pull things like that there's so many little mind games that go on in be between a hitter and a pitcher over the course of the game but I don't know if Kevin Cash is an analytics guy you know baseball there's this analytics movement right oh what should we do in this given situation that prove it proves to be most efficient numbers wise over the course of time right Moneyball. Have you ever seen that movie with Brad Pitt from the Oakland days in the early 2000s, right? They assembled a very competitive team, Billy Bean did, and it turns out, like, none of these guys were big names, right? Like, Jeremy Giambi was on the team and a slew of other guys that they didn't hit for high averages, they didn't post power numbers. I don't think a hitter on that team was above 300, but they played like small ball and situational awareness, things like that based on the percentage of a good turnout happening. And they had some success with that. I think they tied the longest winning streak in a season. I think it was 20 games they won. They might have broken that record. I'm not quite sure. It's 20 or 21 games, something like that. But that's kind of the philosophy that the Tampa Bay Rays have been implementing this season, and especially through the postseason. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut, right? There's this innate thing inside you that it's almost like a compass or a gauge, right? Sometimes you just have that feeling, that instinct that's like, I shouldn't do that even though it's telling me to do that. It's like you're betting against it, right? Just sometimes you know. 
And watching that game, it's like you knew Snell was dominating and he was going to go seven, eight innings. And then you turn it over to your closer and then he shuts the door and then you force a game seven. But he never really gave that a chance. It's like your Cy Young guy pitches well all the time, essentially. Give him, give him a chance to get out of that because he's never been in a jam where he's needed to, right? Like, he's been so good up to that point. He's two pitches away from getting out of the inning. A double play ball? I mean, you're probably not doubling Mookie up, but you get the lead out, then there's one out, and it's another double play ball. Turner loves hitting in a double play. So, I, I don't know. It, it was just that this will of course be remembered for the COVID World Series, but this will also be a series that is a what could have been or what should have been, what might have been kind of series. Now, ironically, Justin Turner gets pulled from the game the very next half inning because he tested positive for COVID-19 during the game, and that's when he got his results back. Okay. Problem is, he was on the field in the celebrations. Hmm. Very strange. Very, very strange. Now, I'm not going to attack him for, you know, being reckless and endangering his teammates because, I mean, that's what he did. There's no really way around it. It's not a great look. But being a competitor like that and not being able to participate in a celebration that you were a key part of, not even just over the course of this season, but years prior, he's been an instrumental part of that team. It's like, is it a bad move? Is it a bad look? Yeah, it doesn't look good. I mean, COVID's very serious and they're definitely maybe some consequences for the Dodgers and for him because he did that but it's like I get it like those are your guys you go to battle with them every day you work hard every day to hoist that World Series trophy the second best trophy in sports behind the Stanley Cup but I don't know I don't really have a take on it I'd like to see what happens next. I mean, there's going to be more to come from this, and it's kind of developing right now. So let's see. I mean, there's going to be a problem if some other guys get some teammate, or his, this guy gets his teammates sick because they take it home to their families, and that causes some some problems. But what's really weird is this: the playoffs were a bubble format for the most part. How did he get it, and why did they get results in the middle of the game? You'd think that would be something that they would have hashed out before but whatever I guess we'll see what happens and I'm gonna keep you guys updated on that story as well staying on baseball for one more quick second here um you guys I'm sure know who Bill de Blasio is he might be the worst mayor in the history of mayors he is the mayor of New York City the crown jewel of America now turned into a cesspool. New York City's a fucking shithole right now, and there's no way around it. But 
you all know who he is because he's like a notorious idiot. And he is attempting to block the sale of the New York Mets. I didn't read into this story very much either because um, there's certainly more to come of that. But he's trying to get in the way of um, New York Knicks being sold. I know A-Rod and a few other New York players are trying to buy the Mets. And he's trying to get in the way of that. So there will definitely be more coming out on this story as well. And I will keep you guys posted on that too. It's just really curious because, I mean, politics aside, Bill de Blasio is a gigantic dummy, right? And he's just out of touch, right? Um, just, just a bonehead and... I mean, I don't want to get into his politics and his handling of the COVID situation because, I mean, well, a few months back when you allow open intoxicants on the street of New York City, you allow restaurants to sell alcohol, people can take it home. Of course, they're going to be drinking in the streets and, you know, drunk people aren't always very cooperative and really drunk people need to go to the bathroom and they pee wherever they want and all kinds of problems there, crime is through the roof, it's like you're a bonehead, and like of course, this is just typical Bill de Blasio trying to get into the way of a legitimate business transaction. Alright, let's transition into football. I did not mention it on last show because I kind of wanted to sift on this take a little bit, sift on the story, think about it a little bit, but um, Antonio Brown has been signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, He's an extremely talented wide receiver. There's no no question about that. I mean, he was with the Steelers from 2010 or so to 2018. He was never not a top five receiver in the league. He's up there with Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. No doubt about it. At the time, I mean, when... Steelers were in the Super Bowl and lost to Green Bay in 2011. Um, all the way up through there, he was a huge part of that team. Led the league, or was in the top part of the league in any category you could think of. Catches, yards, touchdowns. He was a phenomenal player. But he's a locker room cancer. Now, Seattle was talking with Antonio Brown and he thought of uh, where am I going with this <laughs> sorry I just lost my train of thought Seattle was talking to him and he they, he emerged Seattle emerged as a favorite to sign him then he was talking to a few other teams as well and ultimately the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave him a chance Tom Brady seemed really determined to get him on his team. I mean, the, the New England thing happened after that. Uh, after the Raiders cut him last season, and then he lasted a week or two, and Belichick cut him. And I think that was another reason why that uh, Tom left. I mean, I think he just kind of wanted to do his own thing. Do they have stuff going on outside of football? He said no. They both said no, but who really knows? And that'll develop too. I'm really curious to see how he fits in with that offense because they're loaded on offense, right? Tom Brady's turned back the clock. Gronk has turned back the clock. He looks like he's 
old Gronk. Mike Evans is another guy who's, you know, top part of the league, upper echelon of the league. Um, Chris Godwin's playing well, but he's never healthy. Evans isn't always healthy either. Um, that little slot guy, Scott Miller, Scotty Miller, he's pretty damn good. Um, Cameron Brait, um, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. They're loaded on the offensive side of the ball, and their defense is phenomenal too. I think they have the best run defense in the league, and they're up there in the passing game as well. But do you really need him? And it's not even him, right? I mean, if you were to look at it from a lineup perspective, he would fit in great there because they always seem to have a guy who's injured or questionable, carrying an injury designation into each week. That's a guy you could switch in there and let the injured guy sit for a week, right? Mike Evans is always on the shelf. Godwin's been out a few weeks, right? Especially those two guys. Let them heal. Give them some time to fully recover and they can contribute in the ways we see that they can. But is signing Antonio Brown worth all of that baggage that he brings with him? He's got an off-the-field problem, right? He had some sexual assault thing come up last season with a female trainer. He's suspended currently. He's not a good teammate. He's very vocal and outspoken and a selfish person. Has he turned a corner? Maybe. Will it continue? That's very likely. And Bruce Arians made it very clear. Like, buy in or get out. Like, you have one chance here. He's not very happy about it because Bruce Arians is a football guy. Like, when you hear football guy, you think of guys like... Freddie Kitchens wasn't a good coach, but he's a football guy. Mike Vrabel. Mike Tomlin. John Gruden. Um... Ron Rivera. You could even go back and think of some older coaches, too. Andy Reid. Mike Holmgren. Matt Patricia. Bill Belichick. Guys like that are no-nonsense coaches. They just fucking love football. They don't want all the drama and the antics. They don't want the nonsense. They don't want stories. They don't even want good stories. They just want to coach football. Coach players. Be a good football team. That's all they want. They don't want that unnecessary side shit that Antonio Brown brings to the table. Now, look at another comparable free agent signing. Le'Veon Bell. He's also not necessarily a bad teammate, but brought some controversy after he departed from the Steelers. Now, I think that was more of a money thing. He wanted to get paid, and the franchise tag really sucks because it's like these guys want to lock down, lock down a long-term deal. Running backs don't have a very big window in order to get paid, so you want that money when you can get it. And I think the Steelers tagged him like two years in a row, and he's like, I'm not doing it. And then the Steelers are like, fine, we're not paying you. Then he's like, fine, I'm not playing. Then he signed with the Jets the next season. The Jets, is a they're a dumpster fire. Gase is a horrible coach. That team's fucked. So get out of town. They cut him. They do him a favor. And then he goes and signs with the Chiefs. I think that's a little bit of ring chasing and a little bit of good culture. Because 
he had a good culture in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, they're a winning program. They have been since the 1970s. They've, they're hardly ever bad. They're always a playoff contender, right? But it was just a money thing there. The Jets, it's like, I just want to get out of town. So I don't think the Le'Veon Bell situation is comparable to Antonio Brown just because he doesn't bring all the drama in a bad way, if that makes sense, right? I mean, he's definitely bringing some issues. I, sh- I should, shouldn't say drama. He is bringing some drama, but it's not like ill will, if that makes sense, right? It's not misconduct off the field or, you know, agitating your teammates. It's He just wanted to get paid. So this Antonio Brown experiment, I don't think it's going to work out. I don't think he's going to have a big leash either. I think it's going to be like, you slip up once, you're getting cut. And I think he knows that too. So he might fall in line for this season, especially now that he knows that Tampa Bay is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So I guess we'll see how that progresses. And then um, one more sports story. Okay, the Arizona Coyotes and Mitchell Miller. So... I'm a pretty big hockey guy. I listen to Spit and Chicklets at Barstool Podcast with Ryan Whitney, Rear Admiral, and Paul Bissonette. I love it. I think they're super funny. The internet tries to cancel them all the time because Biz loves to tell kill stories. And I don't know. It's just like the whole cancel culture thing. I'm not going to get into that. But I heard on this um, episode they dropped this morning about some player got drafted by the Arizona Coyotes um it came some story leaked that he's 18 years old he bullied this black kid in school he's from Canada I think he was like from Toronto or something somewhere up in um Ontario or Quebec somewhere in western or eastern Canada um the story comes out that he used to bully this um developmentally disabled black kid right call him racist names and just torment bully the fuck out of this kid and it's like why why do we do this shit like it was a few years ago but it's it's not like he grew up in the 1980s right where kids are really fucking ruthless and kids are still ruthless but there's such an emphasis on being inclusive and accepting and sensitive to those things and it's like four years ago was a different world than today but there was still an emphasis on being a good person even and that age 14 like you're you're too old to be doing that shit and then Arizona um they're not drafting him and I think that's the right thing to do it's bad publicity it doesn't matter how good of a player you are nowadays and anything you do doesn't matter how good you are anything you do if something like that comes up it's never gonna be a good thing so it sucks but it's like you're 14 years old you're not an adult in the eyes of the law by any stretch of the imagination but you you know the difference between right and wrong at that age especially today i mean you you just know i mean that's all i'm gonna say about it you just know so I'm glad they made that decision. It stinks to see a young man's life ruined because of some bad decisions he made a few years prior. But 
it is what it is. You just can't get away with that stuff. You got to nip it in the bud somewhere. So now I'm going to transition back to uh, a little bit of Twitter stuff and tech censorship. This is a big issue, right? COVID's been a big issue. Social unrest has been a big issue. This election has been a big, been a big issue. But this is a huge issue. This came out. This, I'm talking about this because um, Twitter and Facebook as well, I think, censored uh, um, an article about the Hunter Biden shit going on from a few years prior, right? Pictures of him leak smoking a crack pipe. He had like kitty porn on his computer. He, he's a scumbag. He's just a scumbag, right? And this is a big issue with the Trump administration because it kind of shows the corruption, if you believe that, about Biden and the Obama administration covering that up, making that go away. I'm not going to speak into the politics of it. I'm going to stick to more of the suppression of free speech because Twitter and Facebook... And these big tech companies are really able to get away with a lot of these things because there aren't laws that apply to them like they would to normal media outlets, right? You're really playing with fire in these regards, right? Listen, you can agree or disagree with something. You can feel a certain way about something or another you can feel strongly or you can feel strongly against strongly for strongly against it it doesn't matter but information it's certainly not unbiased but it needs to be available because people need to be able to decide what they think about something no matter where it comes from right if you're um, somebody who's pretty liberal, right? Let's just use this for example. You don't agree with Fox News and the way they cover stories. You get to see it still. You just don't read it or you don't agree with it. Same's true on the other side. You think CNN is fake news. You don't read CNN, but it's available, right? Same thing with Fox. It's available to you. It doesn't just disappear because, um, you don't agree with it or the powers that be don't agree with it that's not the way it should be and Jack Dorsey flagged this post that I think the New York Post posted it I mean I'm not saying the New York Post is a credible news source it's like a tabloid or it used to be but that's okay if they're a tabloid they have a right to publish content and just because mainstream people don't agree with it you can censor it no 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 we don't live in a communist state that's what goes on in china and cuba and venezuela right they control the flow of information and that's not how it is here it doesn't matter if you don't like it or not but the thing is the laws don't apply to these um, outlets because they're different they're not mainstream media when i say mainstream they're not like 
ABC or CBS or Fox or NBC or MSNBC or CNN. They're not a news outlet. They're a social media platform. But that's how we all consume information these days, right? You people post Twitter links and quote tweet and that's how you see everything. You can't censor that. Like, I mean, they did, but it's like that, that suppression of free, like, that's controlling speech, right? As long as, if you could publish it in a newspaper and not get in trouble for it, you should be able to post it online and not have it taken down. It's, it's a two-way street, right? You, if you're going to promote things or you're going to publish things, you got to do it both ways. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But I'm just, what moral of that is, it's like, be mindful that this isn't just, you know, the current administration blowing smoke up our butts thinking about, you know, trying to sway your vote. This is a real thing. Like, this shouldn't be happening in America. And these big tech companies should be subject to laws. I think it's Section 230. It's a special law that applies to, like, social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Google, and Apple. Big tech, right? They need to have consequences for doing something like this because you are violating you are suppressing freedom of speech, and that's a big no-no for me. Should be a no-no for you, too. But let's wrap up today's show. Oh, I guess I didn't run too long. Halloween. I fucking love Halloween. And I never used to. College changed that for me because it gets a little more fun. Turns out beer and mixed drinks are much more fun than Snickers and Three Musketeers. Right? But, um... I'm going to do this bit. I'm going to go all out on Halloween from here on out. All out, right? I love movies. I'm going to do... I'm probably not going to be doing anything for Halloween this year because I don't want to get sick, right? Cases in Madison are spiking. Wisconsin canceled its game against Nebraska. Um, it's even getting bad where I work, right? I can't work from home not smart but whatever I'm not going to be doing anything I might be going to be by myself but you're not going to see me rolling up into a house party on Mifflin and Gorham <laughs> those run parallel but not the point you're not going to see me out and about but I'm definitely going to get into Halloween going forward I'm not a huge poster on Instagram just because my life's not very exciting yet I'm not very photogenic either Honestly, I think the only posting I really do on Instagram is promoting my uh, the podcast. But I'm going to get in on Halloween, so stay tuned for that. Be safe, guys. Be safe. Be smart. Fight the urge to impulsively screw anything that comes your way, ladies and gentlemen. Please. This is a problem we got going on, and only we can fix it now because our leaders on both sides of the aisle have proven that they are not willing to do what it takes. One guy says, oh, we need to go totally wide open, and the other guy says we must totally shut down, and neither are feasible options. You are smarter than them. 
I have faith in saying that now, after I've witnessed the last six months. You are smarter than them, because you have common sense, and you can only look out for you and your well-being and your friend's well-being. So be smart and be safe, please, for me. If not for me, for you. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at jakeswinski8, J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. Please, 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 have fun, but be safe. You have all your life to have fun. Happy Halloween. Have a good weekend. Don't be sad for me, guys. I'm going home! I've been so lonely, girl. I've been so sad and down. Couldn't understand why haters joked around. I wanted to be free with other creatures like me. And now I got my wish. Cause I know that I'm a gay fish. Gay fish. Gay fish, yo. Motherfucking gay fish. Gay fish. I'm a fish, yo. Going on a gay fish. It's alright, girl. Making love to other gay fish. Gay uh, fish. All those lonely nights at the grocery store. In the frozen fish, I'll feeling like a whore. Cause I wasn't being true. Even though everyone said that I had to make a switch. Gay fish. Now I know that I'm a gay fish. Gay fish. Gay fish, yo. Motherfucking gay fish.